0: Hello everyone, this is Dr. Nusheen Darvish, your host on today's show, Holistic Health Hour. Today we'll be discussing six transformative lifestyle practices that every one of us could incorporate in our daily life in order to improve well-being and wellness. It is National Wellness Month after all, and we need to discuss well-being and wellness. I'd like to, you to remember that I am not your physician. I am just providing information, and this podcast is not to replace any medical advice or diagnoses that is provided by your physician. Please seek the advice of your doctor, your personal doctor, or check us out on holistichealth.com, H O L I S T I Q U E health.com to have a consult with one of our providers. You may also listen to other podcasts and read other blogs on my personal website, drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com, and or on holysteakhealth.com. Well, hello everyone, this is Dr. Nusheen Darvish, and this is Holistic Health Hour. Well, most of us have heard over and over again the basic five pillars of health. That includes eating well, organic, staying hydrated with minerals and filtered water, getting eight hours of sleep, exercise and moving on a regular basis, getting fresh air and oxygen on a daily basis, and of course, practicing breathing exercises. However, beyond these five pillars of health, there are other daily lifestyle practices that I think are just as important, if not more important, in helping us gain a better sense of well-being and help us reduce our risks for heart disease and improve our immune function, reduce our stress and the stress hormones in our body, and so forth. So on this podcast, my goal is really to share with you these six other lifestyle practices that can potentially really transform our health and well-being as individuals and as a community. Well, what are some of these six other lifestyle practices that we can potentially include in our daily life, and it can potentially transform not only ourselves, but our whole community around us. Number one is random acts of kindness. Yes, simple acts of kindness, such as thinking positively about somebody else, talking positively about others, having a very positive mindset, being kind, being loving, being empathetic, being empathic towards others, and um, saying things that would be kind to other people, doing something small, no matter how small of a service for others, doing positive acts, positive goodly deeds can impact our well-being significantly. So there are studies on this that show that random acts of kindness increase the well-being for both the recipient and for the actor. This has been studied in several studies. A recent one looked at 54 adolescents who were depressed and anxious, and um, they showed that By doing acts of kindness towards others, these 54 adolescents had an increased sense of well-being and reduced uh, depression and reduced sense of anxiety. We also know that acts of kindness can support the immune function, and there are studies looking at acts of kindness in relationship to the common cold. And did you know that the acts of kindness can actually reduce your risk for a common cold or its severity? As well as being kind to others can also reduce and lower our blood pressure. So many of us who may be fighting high blood pressure acts of kindness may be a therapeutic approach that you may want to include in your diet and in your lifestyle in order to reduce your blood pressure. Sandri Hutcherson's team, who is a well-known researcher in this field in Toronto, found that kindness, even in intention, like praying or meditating with the wellness of others in mind, improved well-being, especially feelings of social connectedness. In other words, when we are kind to others, when we give to charity or when we have a listening ear or give a hug or pray for someone else, we are reducing our risks for chronic disease. We are improving ourselves of, of well-being. We are improving the sense of connected, connectedness and community. And this occurs both in the actor and the receiver, and ultimately the community. Number two is fasting. Fasting is a pretty hot topic currently in research, in media, in social media, as a therapeutic intervention to help with. Cancer and cancer prevention, blood sugar regulation, diabetes, um, aging, anti-aging. I mean, the the list just really goes on. I really encourage you to look into fasting and its benefits. There are many different types of fasting. There is intermittent fasting, which is basically you fast fast between 13 to 16 hours, 17 hours, um, two to three times a week. There is dry fasting, which is very much part of the Baha'i fast or the Ramadan fast that the Muslims do. And um, there's, you know, liquid fasts and water fasts and juice fasts and And the list goes on. So I really encourage you to discuss with your provider, your physician, about the type of fasting that may be beneficial for you. But fasting is a great way of stimulating the immune response, of reducing inflammation, of regulating blood sugar and blood pressure. And so once you learn how to incorporate fasting for you, you can potentially improve your sense of well-being and your risks for chronic disease and other um, conditions. Now, number three, sauna. This is one of my favorites. It's also known as sauna bathing. This is a lifestyle practice that has been practiced for centuries across the world. As far as we know, it was recorded with Hippocrates talking about the benefits of sauna bathing cultural groups across the world use sauna bathing. We know that sauna bathing increases the sense of well-being. And the research now is focusing on what does it do physiologically that it can reduce potentially the risks of sudden death from either a cardiovascular disease or a non-cardiovascular event. So this means that when we regularly sauna, we can reduce our risk for a heart attack and a stroke, as well as dementia or other neurocognitive conditions. There are studies looking at benefits of sauna in autoimmune diseases, for instance, there was a study looking at rheumatoid arthritis and ankylosing spondylitis patients who were fast, um, who were doing the sauna, I'm sorry, sauna two times a week at 130 degrees Fahrenheit or 55 degrees Celsius for about 30 minutes for four weeks. And the study showed that there was a significant reduction in pain, in stiffness of the joints, and general overall improvement in energy and reduction of fatigue in these uh, patients. Neurocognitively, we see that sauna can reduce the risk of pulmonary diseases, uh, especially death from pulmonary diseases, and that it can improve headaches, it can improve uh, flu uh, symptoms, but it can also reduce risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. There was a 2017 Finnish study that looked at dementia and Alzheimer's risk in middle-aged men, and they found that the more frequently sauna was uh, being done per week on a regular basis, the lower the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia in these men. And so most of these studies that have been done on sauna have seen that the more frequent of uh sauna-ing, and it's somewhere between 10 to 30 minutes each time, and somewhere between two to seven times a week. But the more frequent it's done during the week, the lower the risk of um, disease and inflammation. So I mentioned inflammation. Inflammation markers tend to also reduce with sauna. And a study that looked at over 2,000 patients who were saunering anywhere between one to seven times a week, found that the more frequent sonars were... Um, lower in inflammation, they had lower lower rates of inflammation, and they were looking mainly at the C-reactive protein in the blood, which is a pretty strong inflammatory marker. And then more significantly than any of this was that uh, there is a reduction in cardiovascular event, like a stroke or a heart attack, when we do regular sauna. And they're proposing that the Reason this happens. The reason that we tend to have a heart, uh, healthier heart function is because the, uh, the heat reduces arterial stiffness. So the stiffness in the arteries. It improves cholesterol and lipid markers. It reduces inflammation and oxidative stress on the cells. It stabilizes our autonomic nervous system, which is our uh, automatic uh, nervous system. And it also tends to lower systemic blood pressure. So I encourage people to think, look into, again, sauna, uh, bathing for themselves. Talk to their doctors. Make sure that it is a safe therapy to include in your lifestyle. Um, as far as we know, that sauna bathing, the research has shown, tends to be very safe. You do want to think about slowly building up the sauna time and the temperature if you haven't been saunaing and um, not to stress yourself with the heat for long periods of time. So check in with your doctor, please. Now, number four on the list. So, so far, what do we have? So far, we have random acts of kindness, fasting, and sauna bathing. Number four on the list is cold water immersion. Cold water immersion or cold rinse or cold plunge, however way you want to think about it, it basically means that you get into uh, cold water And this can simply be done after a hot shower, after saunaing, you take a cold rinse for a minute or so. And this has been shown to improve sleep, improve exercise recovery, reduce muscle soreness, especially after exercise. It improves the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's your nervous system that tends to be the calming nervous system. It's what we call the healing nervous system. It's when the parasympathetic nervous system is activated that cells actually begin to heal. And so cold water immersion or cold rinses tend to activate that parasympathetic uh, nervous response through the vagus nerve and uh, tends to improve the heart because of the vagal nerve being activated. Because of the parasympathetic nervous system being activated, there are studies showing that cold immersion can actually improve the function of the heart because it creates a physiological environment that is cardioprotective, that protects the heart. In a 2021 finished study looking at 30 men who did 12 minutes of sauna followed by a one minute cold immersion, They found that the stress hormones were lower, especially cortisol, following this type of therapy. This also indicated that the combination of sauna and cold immersion has a calming effect and lowers the stress response. The benefits of cold immersion is uh, frequency related, just like sauna is as well. In other words, the more frequent one does this type of practice throughout the week, the lower the risk of heart uh, conditions, the, the more cardioprotective benefits you get, the, the better improvement you have in your nervous system and sleep. So again, please do check in with your provider, your physician to make sure that it is safe for you to do cold water immersion or cold rinses um, you don't want to do this for too long because it can be dangerous and it can cause hypothermia. So please do check with your physician. Number five on the list is prayer, meditation, and reflection. And I always like to add action to all of this, which means that when we pray and we meditate and we reflect, it's just as important to act upon what came up during our meditation and reflection. So a lot of research on this as well. More recently, especially because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and uh, depression episodes that have gone through the roof uh, with so many people. Research has been looking at mindful meditation as a form of providing a calming effect on the nervous system and they see that people who do regular meditation that there is reduction in pain so you can actually reduce your pain with uh, meditation. They've seen this in chronic pain patients. They also see that there is a reduction both in anxiety and depression when we practice meditation and um, prayer and reflection on a regular basis. Meditation, mindful meditation, these type of practices tend to reduce the stress hormones and improve the sense of well-being. They've also seen that meditation apps, so using a meditation app, there's many of them out there. There is Calm, there is Headspace, there's Chopra. I mean, there are several apps out there that you can um, learn how to meditate, have shown a greater sense of well-being, and have reduced the stress response within the body. There is also evidence that meditation is amazing for brain health. It tends to reduce the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. In other words, uh, it can also improve your cognitive function, focus, and reduce hyperactivity. Meditation also tends to reduce blood pressure and the stress on the heart, so it is good for the heart. And they also have looked at prayer specifically, finding that, uh, that those who pray on a regular basis have a better general sense of well-being, and uh, reduce stress hormones uh, and stress reactions. And so the studies encourage that regular spiritual practices tend to improve the sense of well-being, reduce our stress hormones, and ultimately uh, improve and have a positive effect on our heart, our nervous system, and on our immune function so something else that you can start incorporating in your lifestyle is a prayer meditation and reflection and then don't forget to act upon that because that goes back to the acts of kindness the very first practice we were discussing is that whatever comes out through meditation and prayer and reflection often leads to acts of kindness and they have seen that as well which leads me to our final practice that can potentially change our um, well-being and improve our well-being is this practice of connectedness this is when we feel connected to the community and the world around us we tend to have a better sense of well-being when we are feeling connected We tend to be less depressed and anxious. And again, studies have shown that the more connected we feel with the community around us, the lower the risk of our mortality and death. And they've seen this over and over again with cancer patients, especially lung cancer patients, for instance. We can achieve a sense of connectedness through many different ways. Um, So it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go and talk to people. It can be as simple as doing mindful prayer and meditation like we said earlier with acts of kindness, of uh, praying for others, sending well wishes uh, and positive thoughts for others can actually increase the sense of connectedness that we have with them and with a greater community. What's called nature connectedness, this means appreciating the beauty and the grace of the nature around us, the flowers, the trees around us. So practicing nature connectedness, for instance, spending time in the mountains, walking in a garden, gardening, and really practicing a sense of gratitude towards nature, towards what we have, what we have been given, what our Creator has provided for us, increases our sense of well-being. And there's a study that showed that when we connect with nature at least once a week, that there is a significant association with a greater sense of well-being. Another way of increasing the sense of connectedness is to get involved with doing acts of service and kindness. So perhaps getting involved with a charity organization or volunteering at a local library or visiting an ill friend or an elderly in a nursing home. Any kind of acts of kindness, no matter how small, can impact our soul and our physical health and well-being, as well as the recipients. Don't forget about that. So get involved with doing something. It doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is. It will increase a sense of connectedness and well-being in you. And finally, another example would be to get involved with a community that encourage, uh, that encourages a positive mindset and positive actions. It could be as simple as getting together with a couple of other friends to read some books and have elevated conversations. It could be getting together with someone and going for a walk or giving somebody a hug or just simply sitting together and being in silence and meditating together and praying together. Any of these practices will bring a sense of connectedness and well-being. Bottom line, these basic six regular lifestyle practices that we can all incorporate in our lifestyle on a daily basis, that includes random acts of kindness and service to others, fasting, sauna bathing, and cold rinses, Meditation, prayer, and reflection, and practicing feeling and being connected to others can indeed lead to a greater sense of well being. Through these lifestyle practices, we get an opportunity to optimize our health and well being. We get a chance to improve the microenvironment of our cells, of our heart, to help protect our heart and our immune function, to help us fight against infections, to reduce our stress hormones, to help us feel calm and um, relaxed during stressful times. But even greater than any of these, I believe that these six lifestyle therapeutic approaches help us gain a better and a greater sense of oneness, oneness within the human community, oneness within the community, Um, and our environment and oneness within the world around us. I do hope that you get a chance to discuss these lifestyle practices with your physician to see if they should be something that you should incorporate in your daily practice. Please make sure that you do that. I am not your physician. I'm just providing some of the research and information about these lifestyle practices. I like to end with a Baha'i quote by Abdul Baha. He says, and I love this quote, he says, Strong ships are not conquered by the sea, they ride the waves. Now be a strong ship, not a battered one. Thank you, everyone, for listening on this Holistic Health Hour podcast. And this is Dr. Darvish sending you wellness, well being, and joy. I am so grateful to you listeners for joining us today on Holistic Health Hour. Holistic Health Hour is a community service project sponsored by Holistic Naturopathic Medical Center here in Bellevue, Washington. We have made previous podcasts and blogs related to various topics on integrative health and medicine available on drdarvish.com, that's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. To learn more about medical and well-being services offered at Holistic, please visit holistique.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. In honor of your health, this is Dr. Darvish signing off. Until next time.